Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill, and this is a podcast about all the dumb things that people will do for love. So welcome to episode 173. How's everybody been? Good? Good. I've been good. You've been good? Good. I've been good. I've been good. <laughs> so good. It's all good, good, good. It's great. Um, you know what I was thinking what we haven't talked about? Mm-hmm. We went to Johnny's Hideaway. We did. We finally <laughs> made it happen. We, we did. We've been talking about Johnny's Hideaway for years. Mm-hmm. And if you, in case you uh, just sometimes gloss over what we talk about, um, which would be totally fine, um, Johnny's Hideaway is this like legendary place in Atlanta that is like old school bar and dance place, right? Lounge, dance yeah. lounge. <laughs> yes. And I have, I had been one time before 15 years ago for my mm-hmm. friend Julie's bachelorette party. And I remember having like the time of my life. Yes. But there were a few girls at the same bachelorette party that were poo-pooing it. They oh. said that it was like lame and they wanted to go to um, MJQ because they were so fucking cool. Uh-huh. They were so cool. <laughs> and like me and Julie, the bride, and like two other people, my friend Anna and – and our friend Krista, we were like, what? This is amazing. Like we were like, you know, having a blast, but we were forced to leave. So ever since then, I've always wanted so badly to go back. Yes. And so it's kind yeah. of like, it's like this legend of like, this is where like moms can go to dance, like, or just people, like, it's just like people of all ages, they play like good old school music. And it's like really, it's not like a hip dance place. It's somewhere you can go. Yeah. It's a cheesy dance place, which yeah. is what I need in my life. Exactly, which is what we've been talking about. All we want to do is dance, man. Um, so we rounded up some this an awesome group of women. A ragtag crew. A ragtag crew of women who all <laughs> were excited to get down and boogie. We dressed up. <laughs> we did. We went out to dinner beforehand. We yes. had a blast. Yeah, so we had a lot of fun, and then we got out to Johnny's, and wah, 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 there was a line. It was Saturday night. It was like the beginning of the holiday season. There was like a big Georgia football game, which I don't – for some reason that matters. I don't know. Anyway, there was a big line, and – so we're like – The line didn't bother me, though. I was fine in the line. We kept seeing people go in. Yeah. I guess they knew people. Yeah, they or, knew people – or no, they yeah. they paid – it was like – so finally, two of our friends went up to be like, what's the deal <laughs> with these people getting in and us not? And they were like, oh, yeah, well, they're VIP because they are paying $40 a person to get in. And we were like – like in theory, I mean, what we should have done is from the beginning, pay that $40, said, get in. Like, do you know who we are? Do you That's know who we are? This is Jen and Sally from Dumb Love, from and this Dumb is Love. our – these are our beautiful friends. Uh, <laughs> but we were like, no, we're in the line. We've been waiting for a while. We'll just wait. We'll just wait because there's 10 of us and $40. They also is- serve you drinks in the line. I was having a great time in the line. I was having a great Look, time in the line. We, we have, have a great fun. time no matter where we go. Yes. Yeah. We were having – a good time in the line. We were like pot committed because we're like, we've been standing in this line now for like an hour, like 30 minutes. And we're like, well, how long much longer is it going to be? Well, it turns out like an hour and a half. Was it an hour and a half? It was a long I time. I don't even know. Line. I lost track of time. But it was fine. I mean, everybody was, we were chatting. It wasn't cold outside. We were getting drinks. It was great. People were going to the bushes to pee. Um, so then we get up to the front and they're like, three of you can go in. And I was like, I've got to pee. So it was me and Jen and our friend Jill. And so we get in and immediately <laughs> Jill turns to me. It is like I cannot even We're express. Like, Fuck this. Yeah, I can't express <laughs> how crowded it was. It was like the most like like and after 2 years of COVID, 
Yeah. It was like, oh my God, I don't think I, I'm going to have a panic attack. Like Jill You're turns- like, Absolutely not. Yeah, Jill turns to me and she goes, um, I, I need to leave right now. And then, so we we met, made our way back to the bathroom and then we came back out and I was like texting the people outside because they were still waiting to get in. And I was like, you guys, I don't think this is worth it. I don't think this is worth it to get in here. And while we're in there, they're like having some kind of art, like verbal sparring with the bot, like with the bouncers. And they are telling them like, fuck you. We don't want your life. We don't want to be here. <laughs> and then Jen just looks at me. She's like, you know what the best place about this is? The best thing about this place is? And I was like, what? And she goes, it smells like B.O. everywhere. <laughs> I was like, I don't even remember saying that. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I was like, my because I thought you were going to be like, it's so great. It's so old school. <laughs> it smells like BO everywhere. And I was like, okay, we're leaving. <laughs> and then, so we did leave, but we would not, look, we had a mission and our mission was to dance. Yeah. And at that point, it was already like, what? 12 30 one o'clock and then we decided to just go back to my house and turn my sunroom into a dance floor yeah and that's what we did and we had a great fun we had time. so much fun we were like why Even did our we not- uber driver was like can i come in there with you guys <laughs> we were like sorry no i was like get out of here no thank you <laughs> oh man i it was we had so much fun it was just like i kept being like it, this is it's gonna be worth it and as soon as we got in we all knew yeah. this is not anywhere we ever want to be again like i have been to that bar you know not that bar particularly but like a place like that where you're pressed up against you can't get a drink yeah. there was like no, even nowhere to dance really i mean there's a dance yeah floor but it was so crowded you couldn't even move and i was like i gotta have space man I have space, space to man. move <laughs> yeah and we had plenty of space at my house. We had a blast. We had so much space. Jen had like – she had good, good drinks. They were flowing. It was fun. We all like – we all got to play like music we wanted. And yeah. We oh, DJed. Wow. It we was DJed. great. We made a playlist. Yep. <laughs> I will say like that was probably the worst hangover. While I had a blast, that mm-hmm. was probably the worst hangover I've had in probably 10 years. Yeah, it was bad. I th- I think you were not alone. I think that I think that yeah. most of the other people there were the same. I don't know. I must have just like I just missed the. I just you were wasn't doing pretty good. Yeah, I was doing pretty good. I just what I think I was like on the more sober side for sure. Like my mistake was I mixed. I drank everything. Like I yes. started out with it was like Aperol spritz, then a Negroni. Then a glass of wine, uh-huh. then vodka in the line. Then <laughs> we got home and had an old fashioned. Yeah, and some more wine. It's like I know the rules. I know you're not supposed to do that, but for some reason, I decided to have like a uh, like Whitman sampler of alcohol <laughs> that evening. You were poking. I don't know what. You didn't even poke your yeah. finger in. You were just like, <laughs> give just it like, to me. Taking bites of everything. I'll take the yeah. strawberry cream. I'll take the. <laughs> oh God! It was. A rough next day, but we had a good time, and now we know, you know, we don't need Johnny's. We don't need Johnny's. We have each other, right? Yep. We were like, oh, yeah. here's what we want. We want a place where nobody else – we want a wide open <laughs> yeah. space and music just we want to hear. Yes, we don't need exactly. other people there. We just need – uh, some fun, fun women and music and alcohol, and that is all we need. We yeah. don't even know if we need the alcohol. Like seriously, we could have done no, that. I need the alcohol. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I want it, but I'll pick one kind and stick with that for the evening. I think that's the uh, secret. Yeah. And also drink water. Um. So yeah. So anyway, so you guys, guys, it was a bit of a we bust. We tried it out. <laughs> so that you don't I have know to. We, yeah. <laughs> it is so funny because um, one of our like comedian friends who's like younger and I think has gone to Johnny's quite a bit, when I told Allie. her- Yeah, Ali Edge. When I told yeah. her we were going, she was like, on Saturday night? I was like, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, everybody has jobs and kids. Like, we can't go on a Tuesday. <laughs> like, it's not, you know, it's just yeah. not. You're not going to get ten women to be able to all have babysitters and, you know, I mean, like childcare and be able to like stay out late. And yeah. uh, and I just was like, I'm sure we'll get there early enough. It'll be fine. 
but we just didn't. And we just, it was so crazy. It was so, there were busloads of people getting in before us. It was nuts. Literally busloads. <laughs> Literally busloads. Like, I think, yeah, it was I think crazy. the entire Georgia, like, like football team got off and got in there before us. Like, oh, yeah. for sure. Like, I was like, what are all these big young men getting in there? You know, getting I off the bus. I didn't see any of those guys in there. I'll tell you that. No, well, you couldn't see anything. I did get like, we were in there just long enough that I got like an old man rubbed his butt up against me. And I was like, come on, man. Oh, really? Yes. You're so lucky. I didn't even get an old man butt rub. Am God I? Damn. I was just like, come on, yes. dude. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> that was an awful long. <sighs> oh, God. Well, you know, we live to tell the tale, and I hope that wasn't super boring for you guys. Yep, that's but, um, <laughs> that was our Johnny's adventure. All right, well, let's... if anybody wants to dance, <laughs> hit me up. I've got a sunroom, and I got plenty of. Alcohol. Yep, Jen was like, I've got a full. Who was like, Jen? You have like nice, like nice alcohol just on hand. You were like, Yeah, I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah. just have it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I do remember you saying like, I love how you invited everybody over, and your house was just like ready for company. And I was like, yes. Yeah, that's how I live my life, man. I mean, that's amazing. Ready for company. No, I'm like, it's a full day <laughs> of work to like get my house ready for company. Um, most days. I'm always ready. You're always ready. You're like, I know. I was like, you didn't know anyone was coming over, and yet you invited 10 women over, and your house was just clean. And you were like, there's like two dishes in the sink. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Well, after that, there was 47 glasses and 12 bottles of wine in the sink. Yeah, it was a bad Which is, Um, all right. All right. Let's get Should in. We get into some quickies. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Um, I'm going first. So I got my quickie. Um, this is from the New York Post and from BBC.com. Actually, Dr. Dudefuck sent me this. Dr. Dudefuck. Oh. She's dudin' and fucking and being a doctor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should say she's dudin' and fucking. I mean, she's just she's just Dr. Dude fuck. Um, you know, she's, you know, maybe, she's probably fucking. She's probably, and she's dudin'. I mean, I'm not going to say. She's yeah. dudin' around. <laughs> um, so she sent this to, to me and our friend Grace because we always talk about how when we are really old, we all want to have a connecting, like connecting houses that have one big porch. Yeah. That ha- uh-huh. that all like so we can share a porch like that's the dream right okay so this is about two women Olive Woodward and Kathleen Seville who were are both now eighty nine but they met each other when they were eleven and they were sitting they were they said they were desk neighbors so they were in the same school Ravens Head School in Nottingham um, in the UK in nineteen forty one. Um, and they were sitting next to each other at their desk, and they became best friends instantly. And they realized that they both lived just a few houses apart from each other. And so Kathleen worked at a telephone com- company until she married her husband, Leonard, in 1954. And then two years later, um, Olive, who was a typist, married Roy, who was a friend of Kathleen's husband, Leonard, because they were both coal miners. And they ended up moving into houses just a few houses down. So their entire lives, they lived just a few houses apart. They were best friends. So both of them have lost their husband. Kathleen's husband died in 1989. um, And then Olive's husband passed away in 2004, but they were, and then they still saw each other every single day. So last year, Kathleen moved into Berry Hill Park, which is an assisted living facility. And Olive would go, um, said, she said, when Kathleen moved into the home, I missed her. And I used to go and see her every Saturday for lunch. So, but then I thought, why don't I move in too? So they, she said, we lived around the corner from each other all our lives, so living down the hall seemed an obvious thing to do, too. I feel very lucky to have my best friend down the hall. We built many memories together, and we're making more. And Kathleen Aww. is so happy now that Olive is there. She says, I feel so glad Olive is here now. We're like giggling schoolgirls, and we still put on our lippy and get dressed up, and we always say to each other, if you've got it, flaunt it, <laughs> which I just love. And so the And all of the staff at this care home are just like – 
love these love these two women. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, the manager whose name is Sally. She sounds really cool. Um, yeah. She exactly. says, the sparkle is still here. They're full of mischief. Kathleen is a proper flirt. Olive is a bit more reserved, but they egg each other on. Olive says, we don't cause any trouble in the home, but sometimes we have to knock the staff into shape. She says, I just raced one of the managers down the hallway for a laugh. <laughs> Kathleen said, we're 89, but we look 63. We've been good friends and have never fallen out. We're still good looking. <laughs> she says, we've never argued over anything she's a good friend oh that's they're very cute so um they're just like so happy together they're really inspiring everyone to like get in touch with friends and um and all of these like best friends are talking about their plans of what they want to do when they're their age (laughs) like moving in together and and like how fun to like live with a girlfriend kathleen said if olive goes first she'll come back to fetch me we're gonna be best friends in heaven oh yeah. that is so sweet isn't it really I sweet i know and the- i love love stories that have to do with friendship me too because you know, it's not always the other way sometimes it's just you know yeah. your person is a friend your person is a friend yeah yep. maybe they might want to come party i mean they sound like a lot of fun jenny's hideaway <laughs> let's invite them let's invite them seems like they're getting our vibe you know which is like old lady dance party yes i think think we're good um all right are you ready for my quick i am ready this week um my quickie it's a short one but i just thought it was ridiculous comes from an article for the sun.com and it's written by claudia jackson there is a Apparently, there's a wedding shaming forum on Reddit. Oh, really? Where people post like pictures and stuff of odd weddings or tacky wedding stuff and things like that. And um, this person, so we don't know who the, these people are in the actual photo. So it's kind of um, everybody's faces are blurred out. But when someone was looking for a wedding photographer and she was flipping through the wedding photographer's past pic photos, she came upon this one photo and she just thought it was like too horrible to not share. So she posted it on Reddit's forum and people are going crazy over it. So basically the problem is, is that, um, so there's the bride and, and all of her bridesmaids who are like, have their hair and makeup done. They're wearing beautiful gowns. They look, they're dressed to the nine. They went all out and, you know, really did themselves up for the day. And then there's the groom (laughs) who is wearing a white plain t-shirt, cargo shorts, and white sneakers. And then his groomsmen are wearing cargo shorts with white, white sneakers and white socks pulled up to the kneecaps and matching orange t-shirts. So obviously this was like, they, I mean, she had to have, they didn't give they a, they had fuck. to approve that if they're all kind of wearing matching things, right? This wasn't just a, I com- guess, yeah. Like the guys were like, a ruler car, like, do you have khaki? Yeah. Great. Like, so wear that, and I'm going to wear white because I'm the groom, and you guys wear orange t shirts. Like, don't, like, sherbert. Don't you feel orange. like that's where this, the bride was trying to be super laid back and maybe she didn't care, but she yeah. was like, yeah, no, where what just you guys decide, like decide together what you're going to wear. And then one of them was like, you know, what would be so funny if we wore like cargo shorts and like, if we just wore the dumbest stuff, she said we could oh, wear I whatever. Oh, I don't think they did it to be funny. Oh no. I'm thinking that these guys are just like, I don't know. What do you wear to a wedding? What are you going to wear to the wedding? I don't know. Probably these shorts and like, I don't know, a nice t-shirt. <laughs> Are they nice? Are they nice t-shirts? No. I mean, they look like they're fresh out of the package, (laughs) but like they're (laughs) the package of three. But um, no, but it's, that's the vibe that I'm getting Mm. from this. It's like, I think that they're just like, I don't know. I don't know. What are you going to wear? And so people, of course, wrote tons of comments on the forum. Like, I feel sorry for the bride and her bridesmaids since they were dressed to the nines. Um, one person wrote, um, the difference in formality is one thing, but the full on mismatch between the groomsmen is killing me. And then it says, uh, one in, oh, cause one is wearing long pants and black shoes and the other one is wearing shorts and white shoes. Probably because that one's husband, <laughs> that one's wife was like, you are not wearing shorts to this wedding. 
<laughs> at least put on some black at shoes. You have to wear full yeah. pants. At least full pants. <laughs> yeah. One person said, I'd say no right at the altar in front of everyone. Cringe. And then this person said, if they were all ma- mismatched, it would almost make me feel better. They planned and ended up with this. That's what I'm saying. Um, they planned it. Yeah. Yeah, and then it says, sweetie, if he doesn't care about the wedding enough to get dressed, he doesn't care about you. Cut your losses and move along. Um, you know, normally, like, I was just super laid back. Like, I didn't give, like, care what people yeah. wore or whatever. But that was the vibe for, like, I mean, people, we everybody dressed nice, of course. But, like, I just think that this the sentiment behind the 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 groom just being like I'm just gonna wear his t-shirt and shorts is that cool like that rubs me the wrong way that he wouldn't think that that day is like big enough to try to to put in an effort yeah yeah that's what bugs yeah I agree because it's because she did she has like all all the they all have matching bouquets and matching gowns and they look I can't see their faces because it's like blacked (laughs) out from the neck down they look beautiful yes it just feels disrespectful like if I don't I don't think there's any certain like etiquette you have to have for a wedding like go in your pajamas if everybody wants if that's okay with like you and your spouse like if that's what you want to do then great but like, yeah, like obviously I, that wasn't what she was going for. And I'm sure she is. I'm not sure. But it seems, yeah. you know, if she was cool with I it, mean, then great. I've been on dates where the restaurant is pretty nice. I got, you know, I'm not going to wear a gown or anything. But if like depending on the restaurant, I'm going to dress accordingly. And then the guy's wearing cargo shorts and sneakers. You know what uh-huh. I mean? It's just like, just <laughs> Try a little, like you know what I mean. Like I guess you don't care what I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm not picky, really. But it just—it's a show. It's a sign of like a show of respect, and like you care what the other person thinks about you if you just try a yeah. little. You know what yes. I mean? I don't know. But and plus, dressing. If we're going to a barbecue place, sure. But if we're going to a nice restaurant, you like, know what I mean. On. Maybe. <laughs> Put the pants on. I don't know. Like, put your feet away. Some pants? Yeah. I don't want to see your toes. Okay. I just thought this was funny. I'll, and I'll, of course, share yeah. the picture on our Instagram. Uh, I'm real excited to see this but, picture. Uh, I mean, the color orange, too, is just real terrible. It's like maybe they had to go out and do some, like, volunteer work on the side of the highway later. I know. That's what somebody said. They look like construction workers. <laughs> maybe they are. Maybe that was a theme. I don't know. Yeah. I would love no. to hear from the bride and groom, you know? It'd be like... Me too. If you guys are listening, please reach out because we'd love to hear your side of the yeah. story. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. Hey, Jen. Hey, Sally. Are you ready? <laughs> hey, Sorry, that's rude. And hey, Ruth. <laughs> Aye, aye, aye. Are you yes. guys ready for a crazy story? We are. Ruth, are you ready for a crazy story? You got something to say? Okay, she's ready. <laughs> she's going to annoy me through the whole She's like, thing. oh, you doing something now? You doing something? Let me just like shake yeah. my <laughs> collar around. <laughs> like, clack <laughs> on the floor. Um, okay, so I got my information from a New York Post article by Jamie Schramm. CNN by Michael Martinez, Susan Candelati, and Carol Craddy from All That Is Interesting by Marco Margatoff, or the Arkansas Gazette by Chad Day, and an episode of Who the Bleep Did I Marry? Wow. Wow, Sally. (laughs) Very well researched. Um, Okay. So on May 31st, 2013, Army veteran Nathan Richardson was working at his job with the Department of Defense when the military police showed up. The officer in charge asked his name, and when Nathan said who he was, two men in uniform came around the corner, pointed guns at him, and the officer who was talking to him handcuffed him and put him in the back of a police vehicle. Nathan said that he had no idea what was going on or why he could be arrested. He sat in the back of the car for two hours with like kept asking like, why am I here? And nobody would tell him anything. And then the FBI showed up. The FBI agents asked if they could search his vehicle. um, And then he was later taken to the security offices on base where he worked and told and was told that his arrest was due to a matter of national security. They... Yeah, Whoa. so they have found letters laced with the poison ricin 
that had been sent to President. Oh yeah, we know about Reisman. Yeah. We went through a real big poison, poison phase. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Not like the band, not like Brett Michaels poison, like real poison. <laughs> well, welcome back, baby. We're back in our poison phase. Yeah. Um, so they found letters that had ricin in them um, that had been sent to President Obama, um, Mayor Michael Bloomberg, and Whoa. this man named Mark Glaze, who was a prominent anti-gun activist. The letters included the line that said, what's in this letter is nothing compared to what I've got planned for you. Um, the typewritten letters were all sent from Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, they said, you're not going to take my guns. You'll have to kill me before you take my guns. If you take my guns, you should see what I'm going to do to you. Um, the letters made reference to Second Amendment rights, saying that they were constitutional and God a God-given right, and I will exercise that right till I die. So you know this because you know all about poison, but uh, ricin is made from castor beans. And it, if it is swallowed or inhaled, a dose of ricin the size of a few grains of salt can be fatal. So yeah, yeah poison, 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 poison everywhere. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Kill you. In your letters you. and in your hair. Um, yeah. So Nathan, although Nathan was vehemently denying these allegations to the FBI agents, the agents told them that they had received a tip pointing the finger at him and that when they searched his car, they found traces of ricin and castor beans. And they said that he was going to spend a long time in jail for threatening the life of a sitting president. Wow. So how did this army vet get to this point? Well, <laughs> it all started, Jen, it all started back in 2008 when a 28-year-old Nathan saw a photograph that would change his life. Nathan had been in the Army, and then he started working for the Department of Defense once he retired um, in their travel division, which meant that he would um, he would travel for six months on, six months off. At that time, was working in Kuwait, and he walked by a buddy's computer, and he saw a picture of a beautiful redhead. And it was funny in the um, Who the Bleep, he was like, I don't know, it's not even that into redheads. Um but she was beautiful. <laughs> so he asked his friend, who was this woman? And the friend was like, oh, it's actually my relative. Her name is Sharon Rogers. He was like, do you want me to set up like an email introduction? And of course, Nathan was like, yeah, of course, she's hot. So they started emailing back and forth. Nathan thought that Shannon was pretty. She was smart. He thought that she had her life together. Um, Shannon told Nathan a lot about her past. She and her two siblings had actually been abandoned by their mother at an early age and raised by her father. Um, she'd been married twice, and she told Nathan that her last husband had been very abusive, um, but that she had overcome all of these hardships, and now Shannon was actually a working actress. She was born and raised in Atlanta, and so she had small parts in shows like The Walking Dead, Vampire Diaries. Um, she was in the movie The Blind Side. Um, and he just thought like this is all – like he's a very an introverted guy and he just thought like this person who could do this despite all of, you know, kind of a hard life that it was pretty amazing. He found her very remarkable. He said she was very easy to talk to yeah. as well. So when Nathan, after six months was up, when he returned to Texas, he and Shannon decided to meet up. They picked a place halfway between Georgia and Texas and met at a restaurant, which is like, it's so crazy to be like, hey, do you want to drive halfway <laughs> like between Georgia and Texas for a first date? Yeah. Um, but they totally hit it off. They Things seemed to be just as easy in person as they were over email. Um, Shannon was like very upfront about her ambition, ambitions to be a famous actress. She talked about that a lot and she liked that, you know, Nathan was just this very easygoing kind of quiet, no drama guy. Um, and they started seeing each other very frequently. Sometimes they would meet in the middle or one would travel to the other's home. Nathan said that like, no matter where they were, whether they're at his house, her house, or like somewhere in the middle, they were always having a good time together. And Shannon actually had five kids, five boys from her two oh, previous wow. marriages. And so Nathan, when he was at her house, he grew close to her kids and he was like really happy. He's like one of those guys who's like, like very duty bound, you know, like it's a very like kind of, it, it makes me think of like a, a stereotypical like military guy who's like, like, of course, uh, these they need a father figure, and I'm going to be that father figure. You know, he's like very loyal. Yeah. Um, and so he wanted to step in as a father figure for these kids. 
Um, in 2011, after two years together, so they're still they're back and forth. They're she's Shanna is still living in Atlanta. Um, Nathan is still living and working in Texas. Shannon called Nathan and told him that she had been to the doctor because she knew she had been having frequent headaches and she had gotten a CT scan, which revealed a brain aneurysm. And Nathan, I know Nathan and Shannon had already been talking about Shannon moving her and her boys to Texas um, since Shannon could kind of work from wherever as an actress. But Nathan was worried about Shannon's health and, um, and so decided to move their plans up and move everybody to Texas immediately. And with everyone in the house, like things could have been very stressful. You can imagine like moving five kids across the country plus a woman, you know, a woman you have never lived with. But they actually grew closer. Anytime there would be a disagreement, they would talk through it. Nathan said they loved and they trusted each other. And so they decided to make their relationship official. They wanted to get married. So in October of 2011, the two got married in Nathan's backyard with just close family as witnesses. But as soon as they got married, Nathan said it was like there was a division in their relationship between the time they got married and after. He said as soon as everything was official, Shannon's personality seemed to change from this happy, Ooh. yeah, easygoing woman he'd grown to love, and she became very demanding and critical. And Nathan said that when he would push back and be like, why are you treating me like this? Like, I don't treat you like this. Like, she would change back to the person she was before, right? This happy, easygoing person. Mm -hmm. um, but then he started noticing that every time they were having friends over or right before they were going out somewhere, she would start picking fights with him over just really weird things like – one time she got really mad at him because of the shirt he was wearing. And like, are you going to be wearing that orange is shirt? It, is it orange? <laughs> <laughs> orange shirt and cargo shirts to our wedding? Um, and, and, but just like, like, get out of here, go change. Like, what are you doing? You're going to embarrass me. And he said it felt like she was trying to rile him up so that he would seem like an angry person to their friends and to the public. Uh, yeah, and so he said she, he like totally. Yeah, well, it. maybe this might also be hindsight, yeah. but um, so he said she was like really erratic. It was making him feel crazy. So just a month into their marriage, Nathan told Shannon that he wanted a divorce. But then a few days after he told her that, she sat him down and was like, "Listen, I know you've been unhappy, and I know I've been acting crazy, but I think I know why." I went to the doctor again and I actually have brain cancer. And oh, yeah, wow. and so the diagnosis made sense to Nathan because like, you know, her personality had changed so wildly that he just he instantly dropped the divorce talk and stuck by her side cuz again, he is, you know, a very loyal like that's his duty. This is his wife. He is going to see her through this mm -hmm. illness. So, over the next year, Shannon made frequent trips to the doctor. Um, at one point, she even flew back to Georgia to get a specialized chemotherapy treatment. To Nathan and his parents, it seemed very apparent that Shannon was declining. Like her skin had this like yellowish tint. She lost like 15 pounds from her already thin frame. He said that her eyes were oh, wow. sunken in. She was spending so much time in bed. Um, and so Nathan said he had actually like, come to terms with the fact that she was probably going to die. And his focus was creating a safe environment for her boys because he said, you know, he did not want them to have to go back to her abusive ex-husband. Like he wanted to create a stable home. But then by tw early 2013, her health seemed to be like a little bit on an upswing. Um, and that is when they found out that Shannon was pregnant. So yeah, oh, wow. so she went back to Georgia to see a specialist determine like, what kind of cancer treatment was safe for a pregnant woman. Nathan like had wanted to go too, but Shannon wanted him to stay with the kids. Um, and so things were kind of pretty like a little up and down. Like it's not like everything was happy, but it was not as crazy as it had been. Nathan was excited about the baby, but a few months after they found out they were, were pregnant, Nathan got a call from a credit card company telling him that a credit card that he had no idea about was overdue and maxed out. 
And he asked where the charges were from, and they were all from places that Shannon liked to shop. And so he did a credit report, and he found six other cards opened in his name. Oh, my God. And they were all maxed out, too. So he immediately confronted Shannon. He was like, she's the only person who has access to my information. And she was just like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I bet it was my ex-husband. You know, she just was like denied the ex- accusations. Um, sorry, but Nathan didn't believe her. He was like, this is everything about her is not adding up. Like there's, it had to be her. So Nathan just said, he's like, at this point, he was so miserable with her. He was so depressed that he felt like even though, you know, she was sick, she was pregnant, they had these kids. He had no felt like he had no choice for himself but to contact a lawyer, a lawyer and get a divorce. And then yeah. the lawyer informed him of a little-known Texas law that says a couple cannot divorce if one of the par- if one party is pregnant. So yeah. Oh, wow. So wait, is that what Texas? State? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I mean, it's very antiquated. It's very antiquated. Yeah. Because um, it's not like there's a law that forces you to get married if someone is pregnant you know what i mean it's just yeah it makes no sense but so nathan once again decided to stick it out until the baby was born his plan was to keep everything calm in the household um until she had the baby and then he would finalize the divorce and then that is when the fbi showed up at his work so when nathan was finally released from the interrogation room, he was told that his house was under quarantine and he was not allowed to get back inside of it because of the ricin, because of the poison. Um, and so he was also told that his wife, Shannon, and the kids had been taken somewhere safe, but that they could have he could have no contact with them. So over the next two weeks, he sat at his parents' house with no contact from the FBI and no contact from Shannon. Um, but this thing exploded into the news because and so he was able to watch what happened as it unfolded so one day while nathan had gone to work shannon had driven to shreveport louisiana and had gone to the fbi office and told agents that she was afraid her husband had sent threatening letters to high-ranking officials she claimed that she found the ricin and like somehow knew what it was um, in their house. And she also said that she found the address of President Obama <laughs> jotted down nearby, like, send to, <laughs> this is Ryson, send to <laughs> President Obama. Um, and she also told them he's racist and hates Obama. Everybody knows that. But what she didn't know when she went and reported all this to the FBI was that they had their suspicions that Shannon may have been involved and was reporting Nathan to clear herself. So, when they went to their house and searched the computer where they found like at at Nathan and Shannon's home and they found all of, you know, the letters written there and all the searches like how to make rice and how, what's Michael mayor Bloomberg's address. All of those searches were made at times when Nathan was at work and could prove he was at work. Oh, wow. So, While Nathan had been sequestered at his parents' house, the FBI was monitoring Shannon. And the story was all over the news, right? Because here's an army vet accused of sending poison letters to the president, right? And so this is like a – I mean, it was huge news at the time. Um, And so Shannon seemed to be getting very antsy. They overheard her telling an acquaintance that she was getting ready to leave Texas. So before she could run, they arrested her. And when they brought her in – she ended up confessing after she failed a polygraph in which she lied that she had bought the supplies and she had sent the letters, but she claimed that the idea was all Nathan's. She said that he made her print the labels and mail the letters. She said, you don't even know what he's like, but the authorities were not buying it. They had nothing to tie Nathan to the crimes and everything pointing to Shannon. So on June 7th, 2013, Shannon was arrested, and in order to get a plea agreement, she made a full confession. She revealed that she had actually created an email address, a PayPal payment account, um, opened a P.O. box in her all in her husband's name, and then waited for him to go to work on May 20th in order to prepare the mail. So she was charged with manufacturing and possessing a biological weapon, 
And on July 16th, 2014, she was sentenced to 18 years in prison. Yeah. Wow. So was it deter- – like, was she actually sick? Well, okay. So Nathan, meanwhile, was like – you know, he's like, I don't understand why she would go to such lengths to do this to me. He said he knew – like, he knew she didn't want the divorce, but this was just so extreme – So he ended up contacting her ex-husband, the one who Shannon was like, oh, he's so abusive. And it turned out that there was never any allegation of abuse against him. Even though Shannon said they had been divorced since 2004, they had actually only gotten divorced 18 days before Shannon and Nathan got married in 2011. Wow. Yeah. So the whole time they were together, she was still married. Um. Oh, wow. So, and then the FBI also told Nathan that Shannon never had a brain aneurysm or brain cancer, <gasps> that she had just been starving herself and doing makeup to give herself that yellow. Wow. Color. Whoa. That is like a whole nother level of. Crazy. Yeah. He was like, I guess she is a good actress. Wow. Yeah. So, the best that Nathan could figure because he never talked to Shannon. Shannon never talked about like why she did it or never really said, you know, he did, they never talked again. He said the best that like they could figure is that Shannon thought that if Nathan was in jail, she could get his house. And then she would also get the fame that she had always hoped for. Cause she would be like, you know, the poor wife of this crazy man. Oh, wow. Yeah. So on July 4th, 2013, Shannon gave birth to a boy named Brody um, while in custody. Uh, He was actually born four months prematurely. He was only two pounds at birth, um, and he remained hospitalized for a long time. But in August of 2013, Nathan won custody of Brody. And I actually couldn't find what has happened to all of her children or to the baby. Like, does I don't know if Nathan has custody of him or... Um, there's like no mention, even in the who the bleep, they don't mention any of them. Like, um, mm-hmm. so Nathan actually did say that he has forgiven Shannon and that he's now happy and he feels like while he was with her, he was a different person and now he's back to himself. So, oh, God. yeah, and she's still in jail. Wow, that's crazy. Isn't that nuts? I'm like, I don't, I definitely yes. didn't, don't remember hearing about rice and letters going to President Obama. I mean, they never got there. Either. Got yeah. to them. They were obviously like intercepted beforehand, but apparently it was like a huge story. I don't know. I was traveling it's, a lot in 2013. It's just, it never ceases to amaze me the like incredible lengths that people will go to to lie and be deceitful and like it's scary it's It's really scary it's scary that you could like i mean it wasn't like they met and instantly got married like they were together for two years yeah and then you know when he had no indication like he says that like their entire before they were married it was such a good relationship and then like yeah. as soon as they and got married, they just yes. and like, and so she was just playing this, Ugh. this like character the whole time. Yeah, and the just the lengths of like starving yourself yes. to keep the story going, like that is insane. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, I would love to hear wow, like yeah, story. I would love to hear the stories of from her exes. You know, I'm like I yeah. this isn't the first mm-hmm. crazy thing she's done. Yeah. yeah. She's got crazy wow. eyes. I'll send okay. pictures. <laughs> I mean, I'll obviously we'll post oh, yeah. pictures, but yeah. I'm sure yeah. she does. You ready for a love story about people that love each other and are oh, nice? Oh, I love those. Cue, cue the Happy Town yeah. song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, good. Well, I have one for you. Well, it's a little bit. It's not always happy, but it ends okay. happy. It's life, baby. All right. We will go to, we will go to Happy right. Town. Yes. Um, so my love story this week came from an article for people.com written by Wendy Grossman Cantor. And I will say the first time I read this article, I cried like a baby. <laughs> like a whiny like little bitch. Little <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It's it's really sad. It's okay. touching. It's very touching. Okay. Andrew and Christy McKenzie met in June of 1984 when they were just 16 years old. Well, I'm sorry. Christy was 16 years old and Andrew um, was 19 years old. And they met at a camping trip in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Do you know where that is? I feel like Yeah. You that's where Ben went to college. Oh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, Christy said, um, when I met this man, I knew he was the one. At first, though, it seemed like they couldn't be together because um, Christy actually had a boyfriend at the time when she met him. And Andrew was in the army and stationed at nearby uh, Fort Bragg. But he would come back to Harrisonburg on the weekends, um, which was about 10 miles away from where she lived. But by that August, just a few months later, um, Christy and her boyfriend were donezo. Aww. And um, she and Andrew were dating. Oh, yay. So, yeah. So, so, <laughs> you were right. Andrew Andrew said, <laughs> yeah, ups and downs. Uh, I mean, she was 16, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, 16-year-old boyfriend. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> they usually only last two weeks. And that is a long but relationship. Andrew- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, Andrew said, she didn't just melt my knees. It was my whole body. I was done. Mm. Isn't that sweet? Um, But then a short time after they met, Andrew actually got orders to move to Germany. And even though they hadn't been dating very long at all, he said, uh, he told People Magazine, there was nobody else for me. So he proposed to her. Yeah. Uh, Christy oh. said, um, he didn't want to leave me and I didn't want him to leave me. I didn't want him to leave me. So just a year after they met, they got married on March 31st, 1985. She was a junior in high school. Dang. Isn't that crazy? I mean, yeah. so in she my t- mind, this was, I know you said the year, but it was like, wow, obviously he's getting shipped out. So this is like the 1940s. Like. No, in 1980. And so, yeah, so in uh, 1985, yeah, she was a junior in high school. So she ended up taking her exams early and then she um, joined him in Europe. Oh, cool. And then she she went to her senior year. She finished high school, but she finished her senior year on a military base in Germany. <laughs> like my, oh, my, um, my wife has to go, to go to high school. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I wonder if it's the same. So my my parents lived on a German uh, in Germany on an American army base um and my sister was born Oh there. really? Yeah. And it was uh so she was born in 1978 so like just you know 7 years before that on this army base but um I wonder if it was the same base probably right? And so and my parents are kind of similar like um they got married super young my mom because my dad was leaving yeah. To Germany, and um, so my mom went with him, and Caroline, I, like, I got married, like, nineteen. Caroline, this is like I know. A story. So she had her, <laughs> she had a first baby, like not with her mother or sisters or anyone around her, by herself on an army base in Germany. And what's so funny is my friend Kayla. I remember when my friend Kayla married my friend John. She, who was very close to her sisters and mother, had her baby in Italy on an army base, like without any of her family around. And I remember talking to her about it being like, oh, this is just like my mom. I know it's hard, but um, yeah. So, I mean, imagine how hard that must be as like that young, you know? that's crazy. I know, it's crazy. (laughs) I know. They've been together for the last 38 years and they have two children together, um, 31-year-old Lorelai and 30-year-old Amanda. They joke that their daughters call their relationship gross because – um, everywhere they they're always like holding hands and kissing. They're just so madly in love with each other. Christy said, "I totally melted his arms." I remember my sister telling me years ago that it'll wear off, and she insisted it hasn't. She said, "I can promise you that." So um, that's so sweet that like yeah, after all that these they're, years, still they're still very... like madly in love. Yeah. Yes. So unfortunately, Jen. on Father's Day, I know. I told you. I told you. So on Father's Day, June 19th, um, Christy and Andrew got together when their youngest daughter and her family were going to celebrate Father's Day with a four-wheeler ride and some like family time in Grottoes, Virginia. So they had fun. And um, around 3.30, they ended up leaving the party and they got on Andrew's motorcycle to ride home. Christy turned and waved to her daughter and granddaughter um, 
goodbye. And she said that's the last thing that she remembers before the crash that changed their lives. Um, apparently, according to authorities who told them later on, um, they were uh, a driver had ran a stop sign. Oh. And ran into their motorcycle. Another witness that saw the crash told their daughter that the couple was thrown about 60 feet. Oh, my God. I know. Andrew said, um, I don't know how we could have survived it. I can't imagine us going that far in the air and being able to survive. So they were both in very badly injured. Andrew had a concussion and broke two vertebrae in his back. He broke his left pelvic bone, his left scapula, five ribs, and his nose. And he was airlifted to UVA University Hospital in Charlottesville. Uh-huh. And he had to go under he had to undergo emergency surgery for internal bleeding. And he got two screws placed in his hip. And then Christy had a mild concussion, but she broke her back, hip, seven ribs, and her left scapula suffered shoulder damage. Um, Luckily, she didn't have to have any surgery, and she went straight to the local hospital. But as soon as uh, hospital employees removed her breathing tube, she started asking where her husband was. She said, all I wanted was to be with him and see him. So... When Andrew woke up in the hospital, nurse asked him to say his name and the current month and year. And the problem was he said his name, but he said that it was 1993. Oh. Like 29 years just were erased. Oh, my gosh. Christy said, um, told people that although that they have been through so many things over the years, like apparently Christy had a stroke when she was 17 years old. Um, her mother died of breast cancer, and Andrew had battled prostate cancer in 2016. Christy said that the crash was by far the worst thing that they had ever been yeah. through. When, as soon as Christy was allowed out of bed, she sat with Andrew in his room. She said, they said that we couldn't room together, and I begged them and begged them. Just sitting and holding his hand was better for both of us. She just knew that she had to like be with him so he could get better. Andrew said, I never would have made it without her. I've always said, you've got to have a purpose and hope in life. And for me, the love of my life, Christy, but also I got to work to provide and make things better for our kids and grandkids. I've got hope and purpose. So um, when Andrew was moved out of the ICU, hospital staff finally um, relented and put him and Christy in the same hospital yeah. room. Um, but apparently, um, at first, the beds were too far apart, and Christy was devastated because she couldn't see him. So nurses tied back the curtains and moved the beds together so and put chairs side by side so they can sit together. Oh. Um, she said, I know. She said, I know. Why did you make that noise? Because <laughs> I'm just imagining like... Oh, they're I know. In the hospital and they just want to be next to each other. And it just I know. She said, I just wanted to be beside him. We even had a do not disturb sign on the uh, that the nurses made, but they said that they did that just to mess with their daughters. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um apparently after they were allowed to move back and move into the same room and they were able to spend time together, his memory miraculously came back. Right, because he knew um, he was with his wife, yes. this person. Yeah. So Christy said, everything seemed to click. I kept telling him we would be better as long as we we were together. I said, if you let us be together, he'll get better. And that's when it started coming around. So one day when she was in the hospital, she texted one of her best friends who was at their 1985 wedding um, and had known them this whole time. And she texted her friend and said, when this mess is over, I'm marrying this man. Yes. First, they had to get out of the hospital. So after spending about 11 days at the hospital and another 11 at a rehab facility, they finally got to go home on July 10th. And every year, they have a family beach trip to North Carolina's Outer Banks, um, and they go every August. And that was the first time that both of them were able to walk again without wheelchairs or walkers. So it was the um, perfect time for Andrew to take Christy down to the beach. And that's when he proposed. (gasps) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine watching the two of them like finally walking? And then it Oh, my God. I know. So... This is okay. a good one, Jen. So two, I know. And so two <laughs> days later, on August 29th, they ended up renewing their vows as their children and grandchildren looked on. 
so sweet. It's so sweet. <laughs> Sorry. <Hold on. laughs> um, she said, it was amazing. Family means everything to us. He said, it was perfect. So um, their takeaway, from they told People Magazine, reflecting on their their experience that they had together with the crash and everything. They told People Magazine, I hope it shows others to love like you mean it. Oh, and never give up on love or each other. <laughs> God, Sally! <laughs> so sweet. It's so sweet. I can't wait to see the picture. Happy Town. Yeah, right? that's Happy Town. That's like, yeah. I just, yeah, I can totally see that, like, just needing to be like, no, I need to see him. I need to be there. I need to, like, we need to be together. Like, I mean, with your, your, partner your kid your friend like whoever you're just like i just need to yeah get eyes on them get like, hands on them everybody get out of yes. my way yeah like yes it's like i i know this is like a very stupid comparison but when like um my kids had a jujitsu tournament which they should not have in my opinion they were not ready to be in this yeah. tournament i was uh not my idea. Right. I'll say that. But, um, and, um, but I went and watched and the kids were paired up against kids that were like, I guess like parents were, it's called sandbagging. Mm. I think this is the name of it where they like pretend their kids are younger than they yeah. are. Um, and so it was like the kids that my kids were up against were like twice their size and they're also very sweet children and so like when I was watching like my daughter being pummeled and like she couldn't (gasps) breathe and she was crying and I was like get the fuck like like the coaches and stuff were holding me back and being like this is it mom this is what jujitsu is mom you gotta learn I'm like she's a little girl get the fuck away from (laughs) me I was so pissed and I was just like, I need to get to her. And everybody like wouldn't let me like, you know, I wasn't going to like pull this kid off my kid or anything, but I wanted to her to see me and I wanted to be like on the sidelines as soon as she got off. But everybody was like, mom, this is, this is Uh, it. First of all, fuck you. My name is not mom. First of all, first of all, being like, mom, I'm not your mom. I'm not your mom. I know. Like every dad and every coach was like, um, you know, just it was like so broy, and I just wanted to like ugh, fuck ugh, right off. I, didn't I don't like, like that at all. One bit. Oh yeah. So yeah, even my ex husband was like, that wasn't like this isn't what I thought it was yeah. going to be. This was too much. We're not doing oh, this good. again. So I was like, thank yeah, God. yeah, yeah. But um. But yeah, but the, I just remembered that feeling where I was just like, I, w- I was ready to like Hulk. Yeah. Like she Hulk <laughs> my way through all these meatheads. <laughs> like, like, get away from me. That's my child. That's my baby. <laughs> You're just like lifting them up and out of like the way. Horrible. You yes. That, and then the scene. That mom strength. Yeah. That freak, like I could take a car over I'm <laughs> totally uh so and then the same thing when, when my son went on it was like the same thing the kid was like double his size and he got pummeled and it was horrible and oh ever again why anyway why would you do that why would you sandbag kids or whatever it's called like red shirt or whatever for jujitsu like why people are crazy i mean i'm just gonna be honest Sorry, Coach Chuchi, if you're listening. My, my, he's a great coach, and my kids adore yeah. him. Um, he's a wonderful coach. But this whole competition it was like an Ed Hardy T-shirt on steroids. <laughs> like everything was just like, <laughs> and it was just like they're fucking they're children. children. They don't mean this to be is so each stupid. <laughs> I know. I thought this was supposed to be about like self defense yeah. and whatever Ugh. yeah no. anyway. i'm with you sorry i digress <laughs> from my lovely love story but that's my love story for this week. um well that was beautiful <clears throat> and i loved it so much thank you um all right let's get into something dumb and something we love okay okay i'm gonna go first um and so my something dumb is that my aunt janice uh died and oh, thank sorry. you and um 
you know, I, I, I didn't know her as an adult, like I, as me being adult, but you know, when I did know her, like when, I mean, I always loved her. She was always so funny and cool. She was, um, always kind of like a bit of a rebel in the family and she like did her own thing. Um, even when she, you know, in her seventies, she had like, like bright pink hair, but she was a landscaper. She did like beautiful landscapes for, for all these country music stars. Um, and she was just like a cool woman. And so, um, but she passed away. And so I went to my two cousins, um, Christy and Jenny had, who I also haven't known as an adult. Like we have like connected on Facebook, but I didn't know that. I don't really know them, um, very well, but we went to Nashville for her memorial. And, um, the thing that I love is that I really got to reconnect with my cousins and it was just really, oh, it was just really cool. You know, I was like, oh, you guys are just such interesting, funny women. The three of us were like in a corner, you know, just like, oh my God, okay, tell me this and tell me this. And of course they're like grief stricken, but also then like laughing and talking about their mom and then talking about, you know, all <clears> sorts <throat> of things. Yeah. And I also, um, I wanted to shout out my cousin Jenny, who is an amazing artist. And I knew she was, but I got to see like her studio and, and got to see her painting paintings in person. And she just is so talented. So um, I'm going to put a link in our show notes, but you can find her her Etsy shop is Jennifer Henson, H-I-N-S-O-N art. And she just has these gorgeous figures and, um, and drawing and paintings that are just really cool. So anyway, that's the thing I love. Yeah. It was really cool to see my dad's side of the family and to reconnect with my cousin. So um, awesome. What do you got? Well, I guess I'll just go with for dumb. I'll just say that whole jujitsu shit show of a jujitsu shit suit. Not a fan. Shit, shit (laughs) suit. Shoot. Yeah. You said it better. Um, I didn't like it. I don't. Just hearing about like Um, all of it is so, like, would be so enraging. Like seeing my kid crying and getting beat up basically by a kid so much bigger than them. And then also being yeah. like held telling like men telling you you're overreacting and yeah. calling you mom. Mm-hmm. Like oh, the whole it was pretty yes, infuriating. The yeah. whole thing would leave me shaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was. I like I was not yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, I hated it. And um anyway, so I don't like that. Uh, I don't think I don't know. I just think it's silly to have – I don't know. I guess some kids are really into that kind of competition, but I think – who is the competition yeah. for when they're that yeah. age, yeah. really? You know what I mean? It's for Ed Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> it's for guys who think they're like, uh, you know, like Cobra Kai or whatever. <laughs> like yeah, they're living their, like- their childhood dreams. The, te- the amount of testosterone in that room was just like – too much. Oh, so many steroids. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, didn't like it. Anyway, um, and uh, but for something I love, um, I just wanted to say I just started um getting back into now that COVID has uh it's still there, but I think we all just accepted that we're just gonna, <laughs> get, gonna it get it over and over. <laughs> uh, uh I um am finally getting back into hot yoga and I just I had a class this morning and I was I just love it so yeah. much. It's just like it feeds my soul. It's like it's I love getting it's like you're getting a really great workout, but you're also like relaxing your body, you're relaxing your mind. There's meditation. It's and it's just like it feels like going to the spa, but you're actually getting a great workout in. I just every time I go, I feel I, like a new person when I leave. My so, favorite um, thing is when they come around and after you've like sweated your ass off and they give you and you're lying there and they give you those towel, those yeah. scented towels. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like such it's, a, it's like such a relieving like cold. Yes. Towel. I'm like, why don't I yeah. do this for myself? Like just at home. <laughs> Like, why don't- I know it's like the easiest thing. It's just like a cold <laughs> towel that smells like yeah, peppermint. Like, why don't I do this? Um, um, <laughs> I know. 
But um, I've been going to, it's called, I just wanted to shout out the business, but it's called Highland Yoga and there are locations all over Atlanta and they're doing, uh, I'm not getting paid for this. I just finished my 30, uh, 30 day trial, <laughs> uh, which I paid for, but it's, so it's like $30 um, for 30, um, for a month mm-hmm. of unlimited classes. Yeah. And so like you could try it out. It's totally worth the 30 bucks. Oh but, yeah. Um, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, I do. Maybe I'll um, see you in Yeah, there. Jen and I are actually we're going to a class tomorrow. I have class pass, so one of and one of the places that I go is the same place, the Highland Yoga, um, and I love yeah, it because it's like it's great. I, I love. Here's one thing I really love about there are no mirrors. I know it's so nice because you're not worried about I lo- it, how you look. You can't worry about how you look. You just do it. It's so nice, and it's dark mm-hmm. in there, and they play really good music. Yeah. Like they'll play like Radiohead and stuff. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, great. You guys, hope you had a great week. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we would love this. You can find us on all the socials at Dumb Love Podcast. Um, you can write and review on iTunes or Amazon or wherever you listen to us. We would really love that. Um, also, the best thing you can do for us is to tell a friend about Dumb Love. Yeah. Recommend us. If you are on Facebook and someone is like, I need a podcast, yeah, give old Dumb Love a shout out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we would love it. So thank you guys so much for listening. We love you so much. We do. We dumb love you so much. Uh, thank you for everything. And don't forget to get out there and do something dumb for love. Dumb, da-dum, dumb, 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 d